Hi, everyone. Welcome to Thursday Night Saws. Trying to get things going around here a little bit. And uh, hopefully we have all the systems up here tonight. Oh, we have some guests I see already checked in. Looks like uh, David Breeden and a uh, special guest is, uh, is that Cotton Top? I think it is, Tim O'Brien. Glad to have you with us tonight. Can you all hear me okay? Yeah, might have to unmute there a little bit. I can hear you. Is it sounding okay there? Yeah. Ah, very good. I'm uh I think I've got everything kind of kind of set up here a little bit. I don't know what happened on Instagram. I uh I had it there for a minute and then it's gone. I don't know, something something about the um the multi-screen, it just it just uh, goes crazy. I think Instagram is is built for one one picture. <laughs> and when you do the whole thing as zoom, it 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 uh it doesn't it doesn't come across. It kind of like locks up. So I don't know what happened there. Good evening. Y'all doing good? Oh yeah. Yeah, did you have a busy day, Tim? I did. I went and uh, knocked a job out this morning real quick. And then we're supposed to have the storms coming through in early, early in the morning. So I went ahead and got situated for that. Took and uh, got everything fueled up, big tank fueled up, got everything back and uh, situated and ready to go in case to get some calls in the morning, you know, some emergency stuff. Yeah. Thunderstorms coming through or ice? Yeah, we're supposed to have some really strong winds, thunderstorms, tornado possibly stuff in the morning, starting about four o'clock in the morning. And then we're supposed to have high winds, really high winds after that on up in the morning. So there's there's no telling what all we may end up dealing with in the morning. You know, I'm sure to be a good bit of stuff on the power lines and, you know, things on houses, cars driveways, what have you, things like that, you know? Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Well, you're prepared there, it sounds like. Right. Right. Hey, I was gonna ask you, uh, did you did you find out anything else on uh, on nuts? Is he I, I I saw the the post that his girlfriend made. Yeah. Um I was initially told that there was a vine involved between the tree he was cutting in the tree that landed on him. And then when I watched the thing with his girlfriend, uh, the way it sounded like from her was that the tree he was cutting actually is the one that fell on him. And so I, you know, I, I hadn't talked to him. I do know he got out of ICU yesterday so i don't know all the details on what he is and and what what i ain't but you know that's just a drop in a bucket of what you know what we what we hear about people because there was another guy recently or, or like this week that was killed up that away too uh had a tree fall on him and actually killed him and uh so you know you hear about kind of the popular ones, but then, you know, some of the other ones you don't, but it, it happens more than a lot of people realize and know, you know? 
it's a dangerous business. There's no doubt about it. Can't, can't get away from your plan for two seconds or something's going to take place. Oh, there's one. Right. Well, I, um, I, last week we had, uh, uh, played a little video and we discussed a little bit on the auto tune uh, carburetors, and I had I had some questions this week from folks that um, you know they said, well I don't have a new saw, you know, I've mm -hmm. got one of the older saws, I've got adjustable carburetors, and um, I I wanted to go down through, so I put together a little little video here. I'll, I'll probably play here in a few minutes, but um, I I started putting together some things that we we started with with the RDT program back years ago, and I do I, I started kind of flipping through different things, and um, I find there's there's a lot of chainsaws kind of out of tune a little bit either the chains spinning around when they're not supposed to be, or you got situations of uh, uh, not idling, you know, people running the throttles there trying to keep them idling. Uh, it's the same old things that's, that's been going on for years and years and years. But uh, mm -hmm. I want to kind of start off and, and, and what, what do you all do as far as checking out the saw to make sure it runs right? What do you, what do you, uh, what do you look for? What's your process that you you do? And I, I just wonder how many people actually have have gone through that process in their head as to what what that saw should actually run right, run like. Any ideas, Wendy, David? Y'all can't be shy now. <laughs> just like I mentioned last week. Uh... You know, as soon as I crank my saw up, let it work for a few seconds. Uh, once I do that, I'll take it up to high speed and I'm listening for flutter or four stroking or dieseling, whatever you want to call it. Uh, once I have that, I take my hand off the throttle. Uh, my chain brake is still off. I make sure that my chain doesn't turn at idle. Uh, once I've got that, I put my chain brake on. I make sure that my saw uh, runs in all positions. And uh, at that point, I make sure it uh, accelerates without hesitation. And so those are the four things that you should do, no matter whether you have a, you know, some type of auto-tune type system or whether you're adjusting the carburetor, but a properly running saw should have all of those carburetor functions. So, so basically you, you're checking the um, the high speed first or low speed? Yeah, I'm checking high speed first. I mean, I you know, when the saw cranks, I mean, I'm going to see some of the low speed functions. But, you know, after my saw warms up, which is a very short period of time, I'm taking it to high speed first. And uh, like I said, I'm listening for flutter or, you know, poor stroking, making sure that making sure it's not running too lean making sure it's not running away on the high side. Mm -hmm. And then when I do that, I bring it down and check all the low speed functions. Okay. Tim, what, what's your process? What do you, what do you go through? The initially the saw, you know, when you crank it, it's got to idle. If the saw is not idling, you're fighting a losing battle right off the bat because 
what you're going to try to do to overcome a saw that will not idle is try to feather the throttle a little bit and and to keep it running. And then that puts you in a in a wonky situation. You know what I mean? And it's especially like it's a it's a big difference if you're on the ground cutting as opposed to being in a tree in a lift or even hanging on a rope. It compounds that so much more. And so if if the saw won't idle right off the bat, you know, I, I, especially once it run, and once it warms up a little bit and gets some heat in the jug and cylinder, you know, and I go through check, you know, making sure that it will run up the RPM. That's the next thing I'm gonna do, like what David said. I'm gonna run it wide open, make sure that it will get to that RPM because if it don't, and it's not, it's four stroking or anything like that that can cause you some serious problems as you're making cuts because as things start moving, you need to be cutting a lot of times. And, you know, if you're not cutting quick enough, you can get yourself in a mess. So you know, I want to make sure that it idles and then runs up the RPM the way it's supposed to. So quick response. Correct. Okay. Warren, anything that you do in particular? I think you said uh, mostly all auto-tuned songs. So yeah, yeah that, that was going to say, well, yeah, we're all uh, on Mtronic. Um, but uh, I think uh, David and Tim really, really nailed it. I can't really think of anything that I would add to uh, to their sequence of um, checking out, you know, how the how the saw responds. I think throttle response um, also in uh, different weather conditions too, you know, whether it's uh, extreme, extreme heat or, uh, or, you know, winter operation too, which I know is a, you know, kind of a different, can be a different subject in and of itself. But um, mm -hmm. yeah, I think they, I think they nailed it. You know, I, I, um, I think with, uh, first of all, the, the installation of the, the limiters that started taking place several years ago, um, it, it changed the whole process. You know, it used to be in our logger programs and stuff, we we went through hands-on adjustment of the carburetors because every saw that was out there uh, had full adjustment of carburetors on them. And then uh, the limiters went on, so we, we kind of started to get away from it. I mean, basically your, your presets on those are to turn it all the way clockwise, all the way back counterclockwise halfway in the middle is a is a pretty decent starting point but um, that's that's about all you could do at that point and then the auto-tune carbs naturally uh, uh, you've got uh, no no screw adjustments to make it at all but then probably 70 percent I guess of the I don't know what that that percentage actually is, but theory by art, probably 70% of the chainsaws that are out there running today, uh, they they don't have the limiters on them. You know, people, uh, it, it's older saws that have been passed down to them or they've, they've had for many years. And and so um, I think I see a, a lot of times where people will take and, and try to just touch it up a little bit, but really going back to those basic settings, get you out of a lot of pulling hair, that's for sure. And so, you know, some some saws are uh, open up to a preset of one turn or one and a half turns, and then some of them are two turns. Uh, some of the smaller saws, there's there's only one screw. 
you know, you don't have a, a low and a high. You you just basically have a low with a fixed jet, or you have a high and a fixed jet low. So uh, there's all kinds of different situations that you could get into there. But uh, procedure-wise, um, what I always what I always did uh, before all the 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 limits and the and the electronics is is to preset to about a turn open start it up let it warm up a little bit and then i always went pretty much directly to the high speed side and that was an issue that i saw that caused a, a good bit of saw damage out in the field is is that on on a carburetor they call a dependent carburetor system in other words the fuel uh, for both circuits goes past the H screw. It goes past the high-speed screw. And so if you don't set the high-speed first, if you do the low-speed and you get it to where it's it's running pretty decent, and then you set the high-speed and you lean it out, then it, it's not going to run correctly on the low. And then on the other hand, if your low-speed is too far out, if you if you don't preset the H first, the, if your low speed is pretty far out, it actually sucks fuel out of the low speed circuit trying to run the high speed circuit. And then you ingest air into the system. And so you can get, uh, uh, you know, lean running conditions at high RPM because there's not enough uh, fuel, you know, balanced through the low speed to the high speed. It just, it just takes everything out of that low speed side of the carburetor. And so uh, a lot of a lot of saws are blown up that way. It's kind of the situation we talked about last week with the, um, you know, with the with the auto tunes, is is that as you start taking, you know, fuel, I mean, air away from it, it starts leaning itself out. And uh, same thing when you when you think about if you if you've got your high speed set too rich, it's going to take it away from the low speed side. It's not going to idle correctly. But then if you lean the high speed out too much, then it starts to pull that fuel out and uh, you, you're, you're ingesting air into the system. Now that's not air into the cylinder, but it's air reducing the amount of fuel. So RPM goes up. It sounds like it's running like crazy, but now you've got uh, an overspeeding problem or a lack of lubrication problem. And so it gets gets kind of kind of interesting. So those those balanced settings are important to to be able to get the uh, the proper mix and run on the saw. And so many times I talk to people. And I don't know if y'all ever heard this or not. What what should you do? Should you have that? I call it flutter. Some people call it two stroking. Some people call it four stroking. Should you have that flutter in the saw at top end? Or should it be just cleaned out of that fluttering sound? What do y'all think? Cleaned out. Cleaned out? Mm-hmm. Right there. Everything with a saw, you're dealing with, you know, micros, basically. And everything, you know, with the chain, the sharpness, whatever, whatever it is, everything is just minute stuff. And you get you're just past that where it's not fluttering no more for four stroking where it's two stroking i always use the usual tack as long as i'm pulling the cut and i'm pulling around ten thousand rpms 
I'm, you know, I'm good with that. You know, I'll say a, a you know, 372, so whatever, you know, size saw like that. But if you go past that by just a, a tad, you done went to, you done, it's, it's too, it's gone, you know, at that point. Mm -hmm. David, what do you do? Yeah, I mean, I'd say like right before, I mean, uh, it's not, uh, you can, you can kind of hear it before it gets to, you know, I mean, if you get, like you said, if you get past, I mean, these saws out of the box, I mean, run nearly 14,000 RPMs. I mean, um, so, you know, it's going to be not under load. I mean, you're going to get that around 13,500 to 13,800 RPMs, and, and it's right before that. Warren, any ideas? Um, yeah, I mean, I would, I would probably agree, uh, right before, at least that's how we, uh, how we tuned our dirt bikes back in the day. <laughs> uh, okay. So, you know, actually, actually it should be right at the point that that flutter is still there. In other words, on a, on a two cycle engine, or if you went back to dirt bikes, you, you, you tune the amount of exhaust you had to the intake. And you would extend the exhaust pipe on a two-stroke bike to be able to even out the intake. Same thing when it comes to chainsaws. Now, Tim's, a couple of his saws, they're, they're a little bit, uh, what you'd say, uh, uh, super duty. They, <laughs> they have been uh, uh, a little bit customized. If you change the, the porting or compression or ignition timing and that kind of stuff, it's going to change that point. So let's say that the saw comes out of the box, as, as David said, at 13.5 to 13.8. That's where that engine is going to produce maximum power and cooling is right there at the point to where that, that flutter is still there. In other words, what we used to do, we, we would turn in quickly and back up to that flutter point. And on 99% of the saws, if you check it, that's going to be right at the suggested no load RPM, uh, unless there's wear factor or it's been customized. I mean, you can customize it and take that flutter point up to 17,000, you know, or you could have an air leak or a cylinder problem and that flutter point's going to drop. As you, as you get wear in the engine, that flutter point's going to drop back. So that's, that's the key factor. You've got so much crankcase space. You've got so much combustion area. You've got only so much fuel that can go through that. You have to match the fuel to the exhaust. And all of that goes into the design of the, the saw. But maximum cooling and maximum power is right there at that, at that flutter point. If you go past it, it's going to start to drop off cubic or uh, drop off power, or it's going to start to raise temperature. So you want just inside that flutter amount. And most people, most people think it, it should it should go out, but uh, that's that should be maximum power for any two-stroke engine at that at that point, unless it's modified, you know, in, in different different aspects of it. Because you definitely can, you know, take an engine that that was designed for 13.5 and make it turn 14.5 and 
it can still live and everything, but there has to be those modifications on both ends of the spectrum for it to be able to live and, and really produce longevity. But there's a lot of guys that are good at that. There's no, no two ways about it. But uh, that's what we used to do. We, we, would, we would go and make sure the air filter's clean. The air filter has to be clean and, and the saw needs to be fairly clean. Take, start it up, let it warm up a bit. Hopefully you've got a little bit of idle there. You may have to adjust that idle in or out just a bit as far as RPM with a T-screw or LA screw to bring it up to where it'll continue to idle. The next thing I do, I go straight to the high speed. And I don't hold it open for 10 minutes, but basically I go up, hold it open. I go in with the screwdriver, go in past the flutter, back up to that flutter point. And then I always, as I've got a, a digital tachometer that, that I always use for that purpose. And so we, we would check it to make sure it's not over the design parameters. And that set our high speed. Then we would come back down and, and make sure that the, the low speed, the chain isn't turning, the clutch isn't engaging, and that it operated in all positions. If you turn it over and it goes dead, you probably got too rich of a, of a setting. If you hit the throttle and it hesitates, and that's what Tim was talking about is being key. When you hit that throttle, it has to go. If it hesitates, you you can be in problems sometimes, big time. So you want to make sure that you get quick throttle response. So too rich, it, it, it's going to just die out at idle. Too lean, you're going to lose that quick response back to high speed. And so that's uh, that's kind of the process that we did for, for uh, years and years in the woods with the you know, going through with the guys with the carburetor adjustments. And uh, then last week we talked about how important it is with auto-tune carbs to, to actually make sure that you've got clean filters and all, because they're going to start doing those screw turns for you. And if you don't, if you don't have clean air and good fuel coming in there, you're going to, you're going to have issues with it. So, so that's, uh, that's where it is. We got, got a couple questions here. Let's see. Uh, from David, Let's see, hi Tim, what Dave and Tim said and the lessons from you way back, I keep a stiff brush in my kit to clean around the fuel and oil caps to keep dirt out of the tanks. Okay, that's important. And uh, if the saw speeds up a bit as it runs low on fuel, I know that I'm not over lean. And uh, I hardly ever touch the carb adjustments. If I do, I run them all the way in to know where they were running. I think that that's a lot of times what what people, the operators are kind of scared to do is to they, they start trying to tweak everything and you can get things way out of tweak real quick. If you go back in and go back to those balance settings and come back up and go through that process, you'll find that everything evens out uh, quite a bit faster and, and easier. So but uh, uh, carb adjustments. And uh, let's see, I don't, I don't have anything on a, I don't know on the YouTube, it comes, I, I get them after we shut everything down for some reason, but I don't get, I don't get a lot of the, uh, the questions through to begin with. So let's see here on the comments. No, nothing else new there. So one thing I, you know, I've been running the 
auto tuning stuff and intronic stuff for for quite some time now. And, you know, I was just over there. I came through there the end of October and I stopped by your place there, Tim, and and I went and picked those three saws up that I bought in Marietta. And uh, of course, uh, one of them was the 881, brand new and not been even in any wood at all. And of course, that saw is still a normal carburetor saw. And so, you know, the first as I run it in, the first thing that's got to be done with it, the carburetor is going to be played with on it. Because sometimes when you come right, I hadn't messed with it yet because I've been just gritting my teeth. I can tune a carburetor, okay, but I am no pro at it at all. But when you dump off the gas, sometimes the low speed screw needs to be opened up a little bit because as soon as you jump, you know, dump off the gas, it'll, it'll kill itself sometimes, you know, when you, when you let all the way off of it, like it's just not getting quite enough, you know, quite enough in there to, to keep it running or whatever. But uh, I just, it brought back memories of back in the day of running the old stuff. And, you know, it didn't take much for, anything to happen like the air filter to to get some debris in it and it starts starting for air and it would throw the carburetor off you know it'd throw it off you know it didn't take much to throw it off you know yeah it can it can uh it can add up another thing about those the big saw like i remember on the the 084s they don't they don't turn up all that much no PM wise guys up along the Mississippi River, uh, they were they were blowing them up like crazy. Mm -hmm. I got up there and and they were running 20 21 inch bars on them and mm -hmm. uh, cutting big uh walnuts and big maples. And uh they were they were virtually shaking them apart because they would run them lean on the mm -hmm. high speed. And I mean they were, the saw I, I think. I can't remember. Seemed like it's like ten eight or something like that. Yeah, have you they're, checked they're, the tack? Yeah, they're they're ten thousand RPMs. That's about what they're out of the box at. And you, they with work on them, they can turn a lot more than that. But stock, uh, they're they're made for torque. The thirty one twenty and eight eighty one. You know, a lot of people they they think that that's kind of that's. It should be just screaming, you know, and everything, but they're they're not. They're only about ten thousand RPMs. All they're doing, they're just torque monsters, man. You know, pulling yeah. a four hundred four chain, just leaning on it and making it cut, you know. Yeah, twenty one inch bar with four hundred four on it turning. They turn up about eleven thousand. It it lasts about two months, and then they would they would totally disintegrate almost. And uh, yeah. so, when then I put I built some carburetors and. And a uh, fixed jet, and uh, Roger Simons came up with the the fix on it, and we uh, we went up there and put fixed jets in on the high speed side, and after after the guys would run them, I try to get them to to run them for a couple weeks, and that would keep them down you know below ninety eight hundred to ten thousand seems like, maybe ten five, and uh, after the guys run them like that, they found out there was so much more power. You know, even with those short bars. But then we had problems with the same thing out on the West Coast. Uh, I had to go out there because the fixed jet carbs didn't work because the guys would get on the high altitudes and they had no adjustments to lean them out. And it just, 
they wouldn't turn up anything, you know. Mm. But the low speed screws again, uh, it worked a lot with those and causing some issues. Um, and and sometimes, you know, like you say, you let off the throttle, it go dead. And sometimes it's too much fuel that does that. When you have a large crankcase area, it puddles up. And especially in a in a saw where you've got a lot of cubic inch um, and a big crankcase area, the the fuel doesn't completely clean out. And so you might want to check that as a the low speed screw needs to be leaned just a little bit instead of instead of richened. But uh, not in all cases. I'm not saying that's 9,900%, but that's uh, it's something where I found quite often. And, and that's the reason why we, we would do that high speed first, go back to the low and go in till it started to die, come back till it started to, to die and go halfway in between. And uh, then you might have to adjust the T or the LA screw up just a little bit from idle. But it, that usually that usually put it back in calibration. And hmm. that was that was something. But it, that that 881 has it's Mtronic, isn't it? Mm -mm. Oh, no, it's not. Oh. It's still still a normal carburetor on that so. Yeah, I thought I thought they had had changed those over, but mm -hmm. yeah, not yet. That's quite interesting. Yeah. So you get you gotta play with that one a little bit. But I wish it'll probably uh, <laughs> take a while. You you've got you got what a 36 inch on that? What, what were you running? Currently on is a four of four a uh, 41 with a 404 pitch chain on it. So you got, you got something that's that's pulling some weight on it. So that's good. Mm -hmm. It should mm -hmm. break in in probably about another 25 tanks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I'll tell you, it's, it, it takes something to run that thing. It's just a negative heavy, you know. Uh, I had, I had <laughs> a little 84 just about, just about ate me. We were at the, uh, the Wood Expo in Atlanta when it was used to circle to Atlanta. We were down at the, at the uh, Civic Center. And we had um, Bob Munden. Bob Munden, we had introduced the 038 Magnum. And Bob mm -hmm. London was a, a, a quick draw shooter. And uh, he and his wife, just great people. And uh, he was doing demonstrations, uh, quick draw and, and shooting balloons. Uh, and uh, we had an 084 that we had a, a 60 inch bar. I think it was 60 inch, it was five foot, I think. And um, I was ripping down a, a big piece of pine. I mean, this thing was huge. And the bar was just barely reaching through it, actually. And I pulled that thing back just a little bit. And I mean, I'm, I'm carving it down. I'm about shoulder height, you know, across that thing. And uh, I hit the throttle, that thing pulled back just a little bit. And all of a sudden, that thing came all the way back around. I mean, it flipped all the way backwards on me. Mm -hmm. Those things have some torque, don't they? They do. They do. That's an a lot of weight, and then I came close to one on a thirty-one twenty one time too. That was a big one, but um, yeah, that that takes a different set of muscles. I lost those several years ago, <laughs> several several years ago. But uh, did, did have any of you seen the the uh, video that I just put out on the carburetor adjustment? I have not. No. 
I'm going to play it. It's only about six minutes. I'm going to play that and uh, and then see if y'all have any any uh, any comments on on that. It's pretty pretty cool. Let me see. I'm going to go back over here. How should the chainsaw run? When we, we start to, uh, to look at different situations, oftentimes I discuss a little bit about how a chainsaw or trimmer or whatever two cycle should be adjusted. And I hear a lot of, of comments back and say, well, I, I really don't want my people, or I don't want people taking a screwdriver to the carburetor because they could really blow up an engine and we'd have trouble with the equipment. I think I, I see and hear about more chainsaws and trimmers blown up from lack of adjustment than I do somebody trying to adjust them. So you don't have to have a screwdriver to adjust the chainsaw or trimmer. You just have to know when it's out of adjustment. Make sure your tank is full of fresh mixed fuel. Clean your air filter. Close the screws clockwise slowly and don't force it. Screws may be marked on the carb or cover. The high speed is the H and is always farthest from the cylinder. The low, the L screw, is closest to the cylinder. The T or LA screw just opens and closes the throttle valve for idle. It allows more air. It doesn't adjust fuel into the run, just idles up and idles down. Open screws to a preset position. If limiters are present, find a middle point on older saws without limiters, follow instructions in the operator's manual or on the covers to a start position usually one to one and a half turns out from the seat. Start the saw and let it warm up. It just takes a couple minutes. Make sure the clutch is not engaging in the chain. If it isn't turn the T or LA screw counterclockwise until the clutch disengages, the engine should idle. If it idles smooth, I usually go to the high speed adjustment first, as many carburetors draw the low and acceleration circuit from the high speed screw setting. The low speed fuel supply is regulated by the H screw fuel. If you look inside the carburetor body, the channel that supplies the fuel to the low, the L screw, must pass the H screw setting to get there. That's called a dependent carburetor design. Many of the more efficient running saws will have this configuration. On an independent carburetor, there's a channel from the metering side of the carb to each screw separately. So if you set the H screw first on a dependent system, you will have your high speed set and adjustments to the low will not lean the high speed setting at full throttle. It's good to have a digital tachometer to check the results, but if you don't have one, Listen to the engine flutter. We're going to set the high speed first. With full throttle held, turn the H screw clockwise right slowly until the engine sound flutter cleans out. Then turn the counterclockwise left 
just to the point the sound flutters. That's the point of maximum power of the engine and the point where the engine is going to get maximum cooling and clean burn of the fuel. You can check with a tachometer to make sure it's not above maximum no load RPM. If without the tachometer, the flutter point is where you need to leave it. Now check to see if the engine idles smoothly without the drive clutch engaging the chain. Adjust the T or LA screw in, turn it right to idle up or left to go down until the clutch disengages. Next, roll the saw on the side and back again. There should be no change in RPM. If it starts to die, the L screw setting is too far open. It's too rich. Next, press the throttle. But if the engine hesitates before accelerating to high speed, the L screw is not open enough. It's simply too lean. Slide adjustment left or right will usually correct this problem. Run through these five steps throughout the day. It just takes a few seconds. First, air filter clean, recheck it. Second, high speed to flutter. Third, make sure your chain idles and doesn't creep around. Fourth, your engine idles in all positions without going dead or changing RPM. And five, accelerates quickly back to high speed. It's also good to check these settings under load, like in a log, to make sure that the flutter is present. If these steps or settings do not achieve proper run results, you may have another issue with the fuel system. Spark or compression could be bad. It's good to understand this setting process even if you don't adjust your own saw. You will understand that when the engine is not sounding properly, it's not running correctly. And in a two-cycle engine, something is about to break or damage internal parts. A properly adjusted saw is a pleasure to run. It's easy to start and fast cutting. Newer saws with auto-tuning carburetors take care of these settings for you, but remember a clean air filter, a clean saw, and fresh fuel mix will ensure proper adjustments and long service life. Good sawing to you. All right. Did that come through okay? I hope it did. What? Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, any comments? I think it was great. It's really uh, clear and concise, and um, I learned a good bit from it. Like I said, we use mainly Mtronic, so uh, we have the the luxury of just occasionally uh, recalibrating the Mtronic uh, module on there. You know when we do fuel fuel system maintenance uh but uh yeah it was uh really really informative i enjoyed it you know i think it, there's so many times uh, that we we have a task to do with a chainsaw and a lot of people do and especially those that, that don't understand the mechanical side of it i mean after you've got many hours on the handles you you kind of figure it out but there's a lot of people out there that that just run the saw you know and whether it's a, an Mtronic or an Auto-Tune or it's adjustable, it all comes back to those basics to start with, with clean air filter, sharp chainsaw. I mean, how, how much does a sharp chain affect 
the actual carburetor adjustment. A lot. A lot. It? I mean, when you, you start thinking about, I, I see some saws out there, and, and the reason why a lot of them blow up is simply because the chain is not aggressive at all. People are just riding on it, just sitting there spinning, smoking in a piece of pine or hardwood, and it's and it's uh it's not taking the RPM under load at all. It's just free spinning, wide open. They lean it out trying to get it to cut better, and then all of a sudden it goes down. And uh, many times it's it's the saw's fault, right? I mean that's that's the first thing I think about is is that well you know i wouldn't do anything and, and it just quit you know but when you you start to to look at that carburetor adjustment and like i said there at the first and i, I say this it's about every presentation is is that i think i see more saws and trimmers and two cycles and everything else blown up from lack of adjustment more than i do adjustment you know, I, I've heard for years, don't give my people a screwdriver, you know, they'll blow everything I got up. But that's, it, it's more like that person that's on those handles needs to understand when it's running right and when it's running wrong. If if we can pass that along to three or four people each, we'll have a lot happier chainsaw operators, wouldn't we? I mean, it's just, just that simple. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's going on. Let's see. Have one go through the setting on the M-Tronic again. That's from Glenn Moore. He's up in, I think, Seneca, South Carolina is where Glenn's from. Yeah, he's actually been to one of my classes before. Yeah, yeah, he's told me that. He's trying to forget it, but he, he told me that. <laughs> <laughs> Go through, go through for him, Tim. What, what, what you, what you check on yours? As far as just the, he says to go through setting the Mtronic calibration. Oh, the Mtronic calibration. Um, I hadn't had to do one in a long time, but you crank it on fast idle with a chain brake on, and you let it run like that at least to 30 seconds when it gets to that between 30 seconds and one minute mark then you grab it up take the chain brake off sit there and hold it wide open and you'll hear it you'll hear the saw adjusting itself kind of fluctuating up and down and just kind of doing different you know different things and all of a sudden It'll it'll all of a sudden burst and just go to flat, wide open, just just straight line, wide open. And I've had people say that. I, well, I've I've been told that when it does that, it's done. But then I've had people say that you just keep holding it till it goes back down to idle. And I've tried that before, but I never got it to go back to idle. So I, that's the way that that I've always done it right there on the on the Intronics. And you said something I think is key there, and same thing with the Husqvarna's, is, is you know, once once you calibrate it out of the box pretty much, you run a little bit of fuel through it, you don't have to do a whole lot else to it, as long no. as you keep the filter clean and stuff like that, because it's going to kind of self-adjust itself under load, isn't it? Right, and, the, and David David knows more about this, you know, what he fools with all the time. The, the saws, once they're 
unless something really wacky happens, it the saw is going to sit there and and take care of itself and adjust itself. It's just like my video that I posted today. When you you can you can tell it when it's like if it's run the day before and say it's sixty degrees, and then you crank it up the next morning, it's say in the twenties. And this, you warm the saw up, and then when you go to shower down on it, you can tell immediately that it start, it's working through its rhythm to get the air-fuel mixture right in it, you know, because you can, you can tell it by what is, what's coming out the exhaust, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that, that, that's the thing. I mean, I, I guess a lot of people don't, don't use the saw all that much to kind of get tuned in on the sounds, but that's – that's the key is, is, is really listening, uh, as to, you know, when those things are happening. And if it's, if it's not sounding right, then there's probably something wrong. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's it. Let's see. Glenn said too, Tammy said, I've tried my hand at sharpening with a flat file cuts great, but seems to dull quicker. And he says, uh, he's in six mile. He corrected us on that. He's in six mile, not seven. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you must be. He's probably talking about square filing. You know, I would imagine where he's talking about using the the flat file. Yeah, and uh, you know, because you you can you can flat file, and if you knock that point, if you it, that, that point is not very forgiving on it when you flat file them. You know, kind of slows it down, don't it? Yeah, if you if you any kind of damage to it or any hit any any dirt or anything you've lost performance of it really quick <laughs> yeah i think i think he said he had a, a square file chisel bit file he'd been playing with let's see here i don't think six miles far from seneca though that's metropolitan i think oh, one thing i was going to tell you guys i got three more Three more radiation treatments. I, I went for then every day, and uh, I've got three more to go. I finish up on Tuesday, and uh, it's starting to get starting to get a little bit tough. That they, I don't know, they they seem to be going a little deeper, but it's kind of affecting my eyes a little bit. But it's, uh, I think it's working anyway. It's looking better. It's great and, to uh, hear. Yeah, I'm I'm glad to see it doing something right, but I don't know whether it's going to take more treatments or what. But we'll see. Well, gentlemen, I don't I don't really have any any other questions coming in. Anything else on carburetor adjustment that you can think about that might help people out? I'm just thankful for Intronics and Auto Tune. It, uh, I mean, you know. It, it just it it takes care of itself. It's got a rev limiter in it, and all you gotta do is just run the saw, and it'll adjust so much for even a dirty air filter. Not saying run a dirty air filter, but you know you need to knock them out every now and then. But they will adjust so much to accommodate a dirty air filter. It's ridiculous what the saw will try to do. I mean, and but the biggest thing is a is just a rev limiter that's built into them. You know, you just once the saw you run it in, get some hours on it, 
just run the dog out of it, you know. Mm -hmm. David, I think, you know, yeah, I mean, we can overanalyze, you know, carburetor adjustments, which is very important. You know, the foundation of everything is the fuel that you run, the fuel and the oil that you use. You know, if you use a high quality fuel, you're going to avoid the problems that that I see. Oh, you're breaking up. Tronic, not very much different. Um, I'm, you know, regardless of whether it's auto tuner, tronic has very small differences in uh, fundamentally, you know, do the same thing, just take information differently. So that's going to do most of the work for you. It's way better than somebody trying to take the carburetor and mess with those uh, low and high speed adjustments. But you focus on your fuel and the quality and then the oil that you mix with it, you should not have any problems. You're going to have a saw that performs better than any saw that you've ever had before. Very good, very good. Anything more? I just uh, can't say enough about the uh, auto-tune stuff and the Mtronic. It's made our lives a lot easier, you know, dealing with, uh, you know, volunteer situations and stuff like that. It's kind of one less thing that we have to worry about in the field. Um, and, you know, we, we have – I've read different uh, opinions on recalibrating it, you know, every time you change a fuel filter or, or something like that um, just to, you know, just to make sure that it's – um, you know, operating at factory standards when you, when you mess with the fuel system and in any capacity. Um, but I mean, like the, the recalibration procedures are, you know, really straightforward in the user manual and, uh, some of the versions, I think there's, I think there's three versions now of Mtronic. Um, but, uh, I know, I think the second version, um, if I'm remembering correctly, I mean, you just crank it and let it idle, you know, for 90 seconds and don't touch the throttle at all or, you know, any, any time during that period and it's, it's done, you know, it's just, uh, it's just nice to have that kind of technology. <laughs> mm -hmm. I think it, everything I've read, you still have to go up to the high speed on it, but yeah, it's, it's a, it's a smaller idle time, I think. But it still works good. Tim, anything special you got coming up? I, I, you got any dealer shows or any, uh, training going on? Going to do a, uh, a dealer show in March at uh, Biddy Saw Works. It'll be on a Saturday on March 23rd. And uh, it's going to be a big deal. He kind of dabbled in it last year a little bit. And we did a, we did a show together. And uh, so we're going to do it again uh, this year. And uh, we got something else uh, that we're going to do. I don't have any training. I've got uh, my oldest daughter is getting married uh, first of March. So, I hadn't planned anything because you know is is you know as well as I do David does too to put those things together those training sessions together especially if it's a day and a half or two day thing it it takes a lot to put that together a lot of planning and just a lot of things that you got to get ready you know salt stations and just, just everything that got food everything that goes along with it. So just kind of push that off for, you know, now might do something in May. I 
I don't I don't like to do them like once they get real hot. Once it gets real hot, you know, way on over into May, you know, while it's because most guys are not accustomed to getting out there in the heat and and running in it, and it's not fun when it's when you're miserable, you know, and everything. So just may wait till fall. Yeah, yeah. David, anything on your side? Yeah, I got a busy rest of the month. I got, uh, I think, five training days uh, before the end of the month. So not next week, but week after. Uh, and then a the week after that, got some Husqvarna meetings to go to up in that. So uh, that'll mostly be, you know, uh, how you underperformed in 2023 and – what you need to do in 2024. So yeah, yeah. I wish it was, I wish it was to see new products and things like that, but it's not going to be that. It's going to mm -hmm. be, it's going to be performance based. All right. And Warren, you had a training coming up. You, you got a new operators group. Yeah. We got a little bit of training coming up at the end of the month, uh, some local outreach. And then, uh, considering doing some storm chasing tomorrow and, uh, Southwest Georgia and Southeast Alabama, kind of near Eufaula. Maybe mm -hmm. I don't know. We'll see how the uh, the uh, forecast um, comes about tomorrow morning. But got my eyes on on potential severe weather. So, All right. well, uh, Warren's going to be part of our legacy program coming up uh, about the twenty third, I think. And I've got uh, about six signed up for that already. And and uh, looking to add a, at least three or four more. And I've got uh, just a basic chainsaw Zoom session next Tuesday night that uh, $25 a seat. You can, uh, it's all online for two hours, Zoom Zoom call. And uh, that one's, it's starting to fill up pretty good. So uh, I still, I've still got some room in that one. And so uh, I'm, I'm, I feel kind of, hampered not be able to get on the saw and get out in the woods but but I'm, I'm having a fun time putting together presentations so we'll uh we'll see how it how it goes but i've got uh back and forth with the the slides and the work table back here and sharpening and all that kind of stuff so it's 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 coming together and i'm i'm enjoying it so uh, it's putting that putting that kind of together but i've got um also uh Storm Sawing Workshop coming up April uh, the 2nd through the 4th. And uh, we're going to do that uh, over at the Breeding Estate. And also, um, well, I already mentioned about the Legacy Instructor, so that's got all that covered up. But gentlemen, I want to say thank you. It's been a great evening. we got some some other questions, and I'll, I'll copy if there's anything that you guys uh, comes in to answer, so... But we'll uh we're gonna do it again next Thursday night if y'all if y'all are out and about and want to check in. I think I'd like to get a a different a panels going every every week so we have different topics and and people to help uh, kind of discuss through them a little bit because there's uh, a lot of people out there have trouble with carburetor adjustments and and cutting techniques and all that kind of thing and and we can't can't put out enough of it because we keep hearing about those people that are getting hurt or are just frustrated with equipment. 
And so hopefully we can we can remedy some of that. So I appreciate y'all taking the time and hopefully you've enjoyed it and uh, let me know if I can help with anything. And, and I wish you all good sawing and everybody online too. And I'm going to try to figure out what's on this Instagram thing because there's a lot of guys clocked in last week and I, I just kind of like flipped out. So I don't know what happened tonight, but but uh, it did it did go through on uh, on YouTube and, and Facebook. So we'll see how that goes. Gentlemen, thank you much. Tim, thank you. David? Yes, sir. Warren? See you next time, guys. All right. See y'all.